Welcome to episode 44 of Q the Duck Post podcast. Boys, how are we feeling right now? Good? Oh, oh, dude. Like a rocket ship. Taking off, baby. Oh, right to the top, huh? Okay. Right to the top, baby. Great. Connor, Connor, how are you feeling? Well, Kevin's got me a little bit more excited, I guess. <laughs> I mean, Jesus, Jesus, buddy, pump the brakes. I'm doing pretty good. It's a, uh, a lovely Thursday afternoon. Tomorrow's, you know, the last day, and then I'm off for a couple weeks of work. So it's going to be a little fun, a little exciting. Gonna Holidays. Thanksgiving's coming up. One of my the favorite best. holidays. My, yeah, my second Ready to put a feed bag on. Let's go. Yep. Oh, I can't wait to eat. I'm just going to get right into it. So a little bit earlier today, we did record Johnny Beecher of the Providence Bruins. Um, hopefully, you know, we look at him as a future Bruins star and Bruins prospect or big player in Boston. So we're super excited to get him on for an interview and super thankful. That interview is going to be a little later on in the episode on the dirty water section. Um, so we're just kind of changing up how we do things here. We're still going to hit you with the salt of the East and the wild, wild West. And then we'll have that interview with the dirty water and we'll roll out from there. But um, and other than that, I mean, happy one, Thursday, right, guys? One thing to note for the interview is we will post a video version of just the interview probably sometime this weekend. So if you're looking to lay your eyes on John Beecher, you'll be able to find it there. We'll post it out later on this weekend. Yeah, we'll get that all on there for everybody. And all that, I mean, I think everything's going pretty good for all three of us right now. We're all happy with the progress of the podcast and where we're going and we'll jump right into the salt of the east our first topic in the east i think something right that we talked about last week and the week before and something that still surprises me the two top dogs in the east are the bruins and the new jersey devils and it's it's funny, right? As Bruins fans, which all three Ooh, of us are. What a thunk. We did we honestly did not think the Bruins were gonna be as good as they are. Like none of us did. And if you said you did your lying. But it's been fun. It's been awesome. And I think we're also I think we'll get really less about the Bruins this episode and more about how about the Devils? How about the New Jersey Devils? Like, what do you guys have to say about them and what they're doing? They're a fun team to watch. It's all these young guys showing their talent, popping off. You have a guy like Jack Hughes, that everyone's like, ah, oh, he's taking a little time to mature, coming to his game. But we saw it last year. He popped off, came, what, he had 86 points last season, and then he got hurt. And now he's right back in, a little slow to start the season. But he's been incredible. He's been the heart and soul. He's been that leader. He's a former first overall pick. And he's just been electric. And it's so fun to watch a guy with his speed, his skill, his shot, like, just take over games and be the next generation of the NHL. The best thing about that is they have two of those guys, yeah. maybe even three, but like two top overall picks in Heischer and Hughes. And they're very fun to watch. And Connor, I know your favorite guy on the team. Who's the, who's your favorite guy on the team? Me? Yeah. Your guy. Was yes. For <laughs> yes. For Brad. No. Your favorite player. Yes. For Brad. No, oh, not even close. Um, but I think that one thing that is, you know, kind of interesting as far as the New Jersey Devils go is they're doing it without an Andre Palat right now who's expected to be out for what seems like long term. Mackenzie Blackwood has been hurt yet again. Um, I guess that kind of speaks to why they went out and got Vanacek for a little, you know, goalie insurance, but they're they're still doing this impressive win streak here 
with some injuries. And I think that is, you know, a, a good look on the team. And I mean, hats off to Tom Fitzgerald. I mean, you've done a hell of a job putting this team together. You know, some of these players aren't all him. So, you know, that's to be expected in the NHL though. Not every player is going to be, you know, picked from that general manager. So I don't know. It's good to see him a new blood in the metropolitan. I mean, it's yeah. been the same few teams for forever. For too and it's, long. Just way too long. It's starting to change, which is nice to see. Yeah. I, I think that's the thing that is most exciting about this year in the NHL is we're starting to see the new blood in these new teams actually take a step forward. And everyone said it was going to be the Bruins who was going to be the team that took a step back. So I think we're all happy that kind of egg on everyone else's head on that one. But the Bruins really, they've been a wagon up top. Other than that, the other teams that have been dominant for so long, they faltered a little bit to start. And we're seeing some of these younger driven teams take the next step. And that's great for the game. Parity in the NHL is amazing. It's the best thing. Kev, what do you you have something for us on this? I see you looking. I know you're a big you're a Devils guy, right? You like Devils a bit. I do like the Devils. It's the Devils. Yeah, he's a big. I mean, I've been a Devil my whole my whole life. Yeah. Have you guys time out? Have you guys seen that episode? I can't think of. Is it Rob Riggle? Is is that the actor's name? Oh, uh, who does the? Yes, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, who gets the paint on and yeah, shirtless with the paint. I have seen it. It's the Devils. Yeah, and it's like. And that's the thing. Like he was doing that because they were like a joke for so long. They're just not anymore. Devils are to be feared and they have enough talent on their roster that I think they can keep this up. Not at this pace, but the Devils probably going to be a playoff team. And that's good to see. Right. Well, it's like you look at the last 10 games, they're on a 10 game win streak and they're scoring like four or five goals a game. As Jack Hughes called it a nine game heater. Nine game heater. And they've just been they've been they've been beating the bag out of teams. Edmonton, Calgary. They beat Colorado on a one nothing. Yeah, no, like, they're, they're finding ways. yeah, different ways to either you're scoring five, you're going down one, and you're playing great defense, and you have goaltending. And like we talked about earlier, Connor's about when Mackenzie Black would be hurt. It's a lot of people coming to the season, they weren't high on the goaltending, they weren't high on the defense. But guess what? They're showing that's a strength now. They're showing this offense is here. So it's great to see, like you were saying, you need the new blood. You can't have Pittsburgh and Washington being top dogs every year for 20 years, you know? Like, stuff has to change, and we're seeing it this season. We're reshifting these divisions right around. Next thing we have in the sheet here, which I think, Connor, you popped on there, is uh, John Tortorella comments. I feel like every other week for the rest of – time this is gonna be a topic so what did he say this week uh i think the the question is something along the lines of like you know how do you uh think that you've started this game so far <laughs> you know etc he goes we suck we suck man we and suck like i have know, a complaining that they haven't meeting. yeah go ahead read the actual he said quote. we suck we haven't forechecked we have not done anything as of right now this he's just Guys that walk Yeah, and then they followed up and he they said, What do you want to see out of the team for the rest of this period or the rest of this game? He goes, Four check. And she goes, Okay, well, thanks, John. And he goes, Yeah. And he just takes his it off. He just says, Yeah. Like come on. He's I mean, he's like, as I said from the start, he's like he's awesome. Like he's great for the game, right? He just is. He is because anyone who's making people talk about the game of hockey is good for growing the game of hockey at this point, as long as it's positive. And what he's doing is really not, that's not true negativity. It's hilarious. Yeah. He's, I mean, he loves well, the I, I guess it really depends on, you know, if 
he has a different conversation when he goes in the locker room. You know what yeah. I mean? I think like, he does, right? Like he can't be that guy all the time. Because you would have to think that if he's doing this in the media and like being like, we suck, you know, yada, yada, these players, if he's not going to the locker room and be like, hey, look. Yeah. I'm just, you know, drumming that up in the media to keep the eyeballs on me and, you know, to some degree, but kind of throwing your team under the bus at the same time. So, you know, it's kind of a, a risky play there. Yeah. I mean, exactly. we we won't talk about this because it's kind of in the past now, but I mean, there's another coach in the league who's kind of made a same sort of comment that didn't uh, work out so well for him. So you, you play risky games. Sometimes yeah. you have risky prizes. Another thing he said this year was he said that players in today's NHL have the intention span of an amoeba. That was another good one he hit people with. It's just torts being torts, right? He's He's one of the best media coaches that you could ask for. Like as soon as he got hired in Philadelphia, yeah. you know that every beat oh. writer was like, Oh yeah. Yeah, exactly. You guys are walking sound bite. You know, that's just him. Another guy we got to look at, right? Not a coach, but a guy that torts would have loved to coach back in his Columbus days. Johnny G. Do we think Ooh. Johnny Gaudreau is regretting his choice at all right now? Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. You do? What do you I think? Mean, you're the bottom of the whole league right now. The team sucks. You're doing nothing. You went there for the cannon and a big bag of money. Like, come on now. Ah, uh, no, to be closer no, to his no, family. Be Let's to be fair. Fair. No, yeah, I'm not I'm not gonna go there because I think that I actually yeah. was all right with However, the made it. Did you However, see that ever? Did you see the Islanders incident? Every yeah. time you every time he was touching the puck, they were he booing him. Yeah. And he's like, why are they booing me? I didn't even talk to the Islanders in the offseason. Yeah. He's so like, funny. what? He's one of the funniest guys. Too. The one that I think like he probably should have done is like not go for the bag and just go for, you know, the best scenario and the closer to home. Yeah, and no devils. matter what everybody said going into this, the devils was the best place oh, for him yeah, to be because it was, was going to be the best team. And he chose to go to Columbus for more money to be farther away from family. So really, you know, it just kind of screams that maybe it was just about, you know, who could pay the top dollar in the general vicinity, you know, a 30, a 30 minute puddle jumper flight, yeah. you know, versus crossing the Canadian border is yeah. a big difference still. Exactly. So. And I don't think, I think we really, we're not blaming him. It's his no, money. No, no, get, no, like, no. Oh yeah. Do whatever you want. I think uh. it's just at the same time, like he might regret this right now, but I do think that I still think they have pieces to be better in the future. I mean, if, just, if he wants to be a player who wants to get his name on the Stanley cup, like, it, You're gonna it's to never going to be Columbus, and I think he knew that going into it that it's not going to be Columbus. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be hard. They're gonna need a lot to change, right? I mean, it's it's tough. I was gonna try to say like, hey, it could be, but I, it's gonna be a while before I think they're a Stanley Cup contender unless something flips up really quick. But I mean, you know, what I mean? it's not Columbus it's isn't not gonna ideal. be winning the Stanley Cup next year. No, not unless they they. It's just they have young guys that I think have a lot of talent, and I think like they have the guys who can help them get there but it's going to take a lot more pieces than they currently have. That's for sure. Yeah. I, I hundred percent agree there. And I think we I jump know. on a plane right now, a little puddle jumper and we head out West jump into that Ooh. wild, wild West. <laughs> First topic in the wild, wild West, which is here now, both these topics are in, are here right now. 
once we get closer to the deadline, we will be unveiling our rumor rundown. We have a nice little video and sound for that too. But we really got kind of Kevy's rumor mill right now out west. First one, Bo Horvat, possibly on the block. Kevin, you had a couple teams that you thought he might end up at, or maybe one you really were kind of singling in on. What one was that? Kevin, you're muted, baby. Yeah, you're muted, big dog. Ooh, tough one. It lasted this long. Ooh, we got to. All right, we're back. We're back. Um, so it's like what I've been reading around, like different reports and stuff. Carolina could be a big team. Um, their second line center is not doing well, not producing, and his two line mates are have like. 18 points each, 19 points. So it's like they would like to see a little more offensive production on their second line center spot. Um, they went out, they got Brent Burns, Mac Pets ready in the offseason. Carolina realizes they're in a win now scenario. So you could see them be like, all right, we have to make this splash. Let's do it. If the price is right. We're in win now mode. So that's like what second I mean. line center. Are you just scared to say Emmy? Yes. Yeah, I don't think I said it right either, but at least we made an attempt. I'm usually pretty good with names. I'm not going to lie. Some of them really names. Some of them screw me up, but usually I'm close. But that's probably because I listen to a zillion different NHL podcasts. Yeah, that does help. (laughs) It does help for sure. You hear a lot of pronunciations. Yeah, Yeah. no, Kev, I think I read a lot of the same stuff. I think Bo Horvath makes a lot of sense there. I do. I I don't want it to happen. No, I can tell you that. I think he's one hundred percent going to go somewhere as a rental. Yeah, I agree. And then he's going to reevaluate in the oh, hundred. Yeah, one hundred percent. He deserves to. He's listen. He's the captain of that team. If he gets moved, he's going to need an off season to sit down and pick the situation where he wants to become a big part of the core. Because Bo Horvat is a core superstar, elite level star player. He's, I think he needs a. Taylor Hall type situation to happen where he goes from being in the spotlight and being someone who's, you know, being expected to put up a ton of numbers to, you know, slotting in and being a second, you know, or maybe a third line center and putting up large, a large number of points. Oh, he'll be good. He'll be good wherever he goes. And obviously not wearing the C on your chest, you know, maybe, maybe he goes to a, a different team that has a vacancy who knows, but you know, sometimes a little weight off the shoulders and can do a lot. And he's nice. And he's playing. not playing bad. Like he's not no, playing. Like bad. he's on ice play right now is phenomenal. He's just, but he's just stuck in the most you're in a Canadian situation. market and you're the captain of a team that's doing absolutely awful. I mean and we can't tell you why because you've the team is has all the talent. And here's the kicker, right? Like as, and a good coach. As a media member, how can you go to Bo Horvat and like crucify him for oh, the start that this not. team is having when he's their best player right no, now, right? He, he so like it's no a really team. odd situation. I don't it's like it's so weird because the team has talent and it just hasn't worked out. And I think they need a different mix of talented guys. They can keep some of them. Like, I mean, I think I think it's a culture problem. Yeah, it's got there's something there that just isn't working. Like, obviously, and, I'm not in the locker room, so no, who am I to say? I could be completely off here, but yeah, good. with that much talent on it's a team. It's hard to not get it. And a good coach. Like, they have a good coach. Uh, I mean, I think there's better free agent coaches than Bruce Boudreaux. I'll, yeah. I'll say that right now. I think there's other coaches out there that aren't coaching who are way better. But, again, not my not my chair to fire him, although I think uh, uh, that, that seat is scalding hot right now. Yeah, so for sure. But I mean, when you have thinking of two coaching changes, basically back to back years, 
it's tough. Like it's you've tough. had it's virtually tough the same, you know, players coming in. And part of the problem is you have a lot of high end players making a lot of money on your cap who just simply aren't producing. Yeah. So. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how that all goes with them. I mean, they, it, they're either going to blow it up or something's going to change. Right. I don't think that there's really any other, they can't just keep being like five and nine team. And, but the thing is, is guys like their top end is producing. So Pedersen has 20 points in 17 games. So does Bo Horvat. JT Miller has 16 and 17. And Quinn Hughes has 14 and 13. The issue is Connor Garland with three goals. Brock Besser with two. I mean, Brock Besser with zero. That, that's where the issue comes in. It's, it, that's the issue. Tanner Pearson with one. They actually need Dan. Looking through their lineup, we might have kind of talked wrong. This team has a lot of top-end talent and not a lot of depth. That could be the issue. And I, I do hope for a guy who's been traded from the Bruins, I hope Studnika can go in there, step up, and play pretty well. He, I mean, right now he has two points already. So, I mean, I'm, I wish nothing but the best for Studs, and I hope he can be one of the guys that helps that. What extra, like, makes me kind of giggle is they had a trade earlier this year with Chicago, and they sent one of their depth players to Chicago who wasn't doing well in Vancouver, and he's now – kind of ripping it up a little bit yeah, and starting just, to produce it's like you know that's one of those yeah i mean the bruins i mean with the trade that they made with vancouver sending stud nika there you know he could go there and rip it up and make boston look stupid I oh mean, definitely I think we all realize guy. that yeah we uh, we all three of us were studnika guys so like we i we i hope i hope he does in a way you know studs next time yeah, we got I mean, here oh shoot yep. yeah no. nah, let's keep going yeah eric carlson Oof. Eric Carlson. What a year. Start a whole lot of money. Yeah, I know. That's the only problem. Um, it's like, what's he making, like 12 mil a year? Uh, 11, I think. A lot. Right 11. 11. 11. Makes a lot, of, a lot of sheets. Because but... he makes more than Drew Doughty. He's the highest what? paid defenseman. Oof. He has 10 goals and 14 assists for 24 points, plus three on a bad team. Yeah. So his money right now, he makes a lot. Hard to fit in. He's worth it right now. It's just trying to move that contract is oh, the hardest thing. It's And they would have to put him in the same scenario. Like, yeah. if you look at it, right, like you if you're going go. out and getting Carlson, you're probably already a contender who has a top one, two, and possibly three defensemen. So you're either, A, sending one of those back in the trade, or you're bringing him in and he's going to play less minutes and have less, you know, freewheeling time with the puck, not playing on the first yeah, power just, play unit. But a contender's so, going to be tough, right, because you already have that guy. Like, yeah, I mean, he's, I mean, look at his time in Ottawa, right? Like, he is a show pony for bad oh teams. God. He really is. I mean, well, that's, I guess that's uh, not it's totally not, fair. No, that's not fair because he was good. He did. He was good, w- good when they were basically a goal away from yeah. the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, so, so that's tough. I'll take to that say. back. They weren't yeah. always terrible, but no, it's, it's just he's been in unfortunate situations, I think, really, like in a lot of it. And he's he dealt with some injury stuff. He's back to him and just watching his highlights. It's like, oh, okay. He yeah, he had that back. Achilles tendon injury where the skate cut his Achilles yeah. tendon. That was brutal. Just, that was, you know, kind of similar to the Evander Kane situation that uh, oh, happened last week. I know. I'm just even thinking about that. It's like, it yeah, like gave me chills kind of oh, watching yeah, that video. Yeah, I hated, it. hated it. But yeah, Carlson. So, Kev, where have you heard that Carlson could be on the move to? Um, Detroit, Mike Johnson on TSN brought that up. I don't know how legit it is, 
Or you just talking about it, but that was definitely one of the teams. That's a place where you could jump into the top three. Yeah. I mean they yeah. had the they had the cap space. They needed a fenceman. Stevie Y's been he's been rebuilding over there. So Stevie Y knows his Swedes too. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean if you want to get in like a little a more depth, I mean, we definitely have an article that I know went out today that Garth Wickham posted yep. uh, talking about, you know, the the pros and the cons of the Eric Carlson reality to Detroit. But for me personally, I mean, I, I feel like it's a great fit to, oh, yeah. you know, maybe slide in with Moritz Sider there or maybe have a one-two punch and put him on the second pairing. Um, I mean, you really can't go wrong in no. Detroit right now, in my opinion. No, I like that. I actually really like that. I think he pushes them forward too. I think that's the best fit. I do. I did hear that there's a, there has been some talks back and forth with um, Ottawa too. And I don't honestly, know that I see that working. But it, it would be Eric good. Carlson in Ottawa and Detroit sucks for the Atlantic Division. It does because this division is already brutal. It's just more star power in this division. It's ridiculous. It really is. Like it's it's going to be really <clears> interesting <throat> to see who gets snubbed for the All Star game coming out of the Atlantic Division. Yeah, because of how they do it, it's like such yeah. a joke. <laughs> such a joke. But um, next thing we have on the list is, I guess this could have went either either side. But uh, Jackie Eichel returning to Buffalo and hitting him with torching him for three, three Last and an assist. But still, three and assist. Good to see. Welcome back to Buffalo, Jackie. Yeah, it was good to see him back in in a better headspace i think yeah i mean the last time he played there he wasn't you know fully healthy and it it wasn't a good experience for him so seeing him being able to go back to buffalo where it was kind of obvious that it was really the team and the organization making a lot of these issues in that scenario and just seeing him rip it up and throw three on the board and i was so happy that's that's just a like a feel good moment where you're yeah. like uh huh that he's buying all those guys oh, around yeah. a drink. Oh, trust me, he had money on the board for that game. There was oh, money yeah. on the board for that game. He um, it's just that Jack Eichel's always been a guy who is super local to me, so I was always a guy kind of looked at and like it's awesome to see him succeed. And I felt generally bad, and I had a lot of opinions about a lot of the stuff that happened to him last year. Obviously, like I big on the players should be able to decide if they want a surgery that's going to affect their quality of life positively for the rest of their lives. So to see him stick it to Buffalo because he was forced to get the surgery and be back to finally, like this is Jack Eichel. We're getting to watch Jack Eichel, the superstar again, and I'm super thankful for it. And I can't wait for the day he puts the smoke beyond. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think we'd be honest with you. (laughs) that was funny but in vegas like you have to be giving the sigh of relief in management with vegas because you know that if jack eichel flopped for whatever reason after this trade it was all hell breaking loose and everyone in hockey was rooting for him the whole hockey community would be sad yeah he had like every player everyone supports jack eichel i think he's like a good guy he's like a like even he wouldn't even talk bad about the team after he still was just like, like he's just he's a good dude i believe you know this person and you may have heard this story because it's somebody that we both know um but they live pretty yeah. close to where jack and his family live you know growing up and 
some of the stories that I've heard is around the holidays, some of like the neighborhood kids that are like into hockey, you know, he'll sign jerseys and give it to them like sticks and, you know, stuff like that he's for Christmas. So he's, he's a really good guy and he's like really easy to root for. And for me personally, you know, hats off to him for being, you know, one of like the first in hockey who his legacy now in hockey oh, is yeah. more than just what's on the ice in my Standing opinion for his body and him. Yeah. And I mean, we're seeing all the time in hockey as things shift more to the players, whether it's, you know, the contracts, um, personality and showing off who they are, you know, with a lot of these teams starting these TikTok profiles and, you know, doing silly videos with the players or seeing them walk down the hallway before hopping on the ice for practice. Like it's all heading in that direction of the, the players are why everybody's here. And I think everybody's starting to realize that even just so, I mean, a little foreshadowing here, but just our interview with Johnny Beecher, super humble kids, super thankful for his parents, his family in the game and to get to play hockey. Most of these guys are like that. They need to be highlighted for that. So this game can grow more and more. It, the, the, like, the era of these guys not being in the public eye is over. And cue the duck boats. We're going to do our best to get them more in the public eye, right? But yeah. Just- I mean, like you said, with the sneak peek, I think like, you know, all three of us, like our whole goal with um, bringing on John Beecher and, you know, we're, we're likely going to have one Bruins prospect or a P Bruins player, you know, every month on the podcast here. That's our goal is to, you know, put these players in front of you, the listeners and let you get to know these players for who they are and, you know, be able to be more invested in the team and the players that you want to love. Yeah. There's just not enough of that. I think it's something that needs to be brought up more and like highlighted that you only see the negative stories. Like you only see the stories of like, like a mistake here and there and things like that. And it's like, these guys are just genuine, like good guys, like 99% of them. And the ones who aren't don't last long in this game. I think that's the best way to segue us right into that dirty water. I think we get that dirty water going. You guys are going to get to hear a great interview with Johnny Beecher, and we're going to have more coming for you guys. This is just the start, and uh, we're super thankful for Johnny for coming on and for the P Bruins organization for allowing us to have this opportunity. You guys get anything? Enjoy the interview, and we definitely want to hear you guys in the comments, and when we bring on future players, we'll always make posts and try to get some questions in there from you guys, and Enjoy it. We had a good time with it. Also, hit us with a DM if you guys have any players you want to hear us interview. We'll do our best. Let's kick it over to that dirty water. Very excited to announce we have today on the Cue the Duck Boats podcast, Johnny Beecher of the Providence Bruins, drafted 30th overall in 2019 from Michigan to the Boston Bruins. How you doing today, Johnny? I'm doing very well. How are you guys? Very good. Very good. Connor, Kev? Doing well. Glad to have you on today, Johnny. Appreciate your time. Very excited for this. Yeah, oh, we're pretty I mean, – you're just for complete transparency. You're our first interview of anyone who plays professional hockey, so we're definitely super excited to have you on. And um, how's, that, how's everything going this year with just the team? Like, how's it, how is it being your first year, like being a pro? Uh, it's been great. You know, we, uh, we got a lot of young guys this year, and – um, you know, I mean, I uh, came out to Providence at the end of the uh, Michigan season last year for a couple of weeks, and um, you know, unfortunately, we lost first round of the playoffs. But uh, you know, coming back this year, um, you know, a lot of new faces in the locker room, and 
Um, you know, I mean, we got a lot of, you know, young talent and, you know, it's, uh, it's been a ton of fun to come, you know, to the rink every day and, and go to work. And, um, you know, I mean, we've had a ton of success to start off. So definitely helps. Definitely. I know just awesome. to see both teams like leading the league is awesome for us as we kind of like our podcast is the whole NHL, but all three of us are Bruins fans. So it's definitely <laughs> great to see it. I'm in Rhode Island. So gotcha. definitely, yeah, definitely great to see both teams pretty dominant start the year. Absolutely. It's nice as a, a Bruins fan to see that going. Um, kind of where I want to kick it off with you, Johnny, is like your early life in hockey. How did you really get into hockey as a child? Um, I got into it because of my uh, my brother. He uh, he was a huge hockey buff and he started playing when he was around two years old. Um, he's about three or four years older than me. And, um, you know, I mean, because of him, I just kind of grew up in the rink and, you know, traveling and, you know, watching him play and practice and um, you know, I mean, that's kind of where it all started for me. And, um, you know, I mean, to start off, I really wasn't you know, too hot on it. Um, I mean, I always enjoyed telling the story how, um, you know, when I was younger, uh, you know, I would always tell my parents that the ice was just, you know, too slippery and I wanted nothing to do with it. So when I, uh, turned about six, um, you know, that's kind of when I made, you know, the jump into the sport. And, um, I mean, it was pretty much my whole childhood, whether it was, you know, playing knee hockey with my brother and our buddies or, you know, out playing street hockey in the summers that uh, it kind of just, you know, crafted who, you know, we were as a family. And um, I mean, I have lifelong friendships and, and things that I still cherish to this day from, you know, growing up at that time. So I have hockey to thank for a lot of it. Yeah, I think that's, I played my whole life too, obviously, like not at the same level in any way, but just the hockey is like just a part of your life forever. And I, I coach now, I coach a U8 team. So like just seeing the, seeing the kids at that age and like watching them start to fall in love with the game. It's like the same thing. Like you just see it over and over again with every kid just as they find hockey and they start to like love it. And like, we just, we're about to go on our first tournament and just knowing like they're all just going to get to go wild and play knee hockey. I'm like, you guys are going to love this. Yeah. No, I mean, those are, those are the best times. I mean, everybody's just, you know, in the hotel together. And, you know, I mean, I think the parents enjoy it even more than oh, you yeah. know, the players at times, but uh, <laughs> no, it's uh it's a ton of fun. And, you know, the amount of memories that you, you take away from little things like that is, is unbelievable. So that's, uh, that's definitely a, a great time to, you know, be a hockey player. Without a doubt. Uh, so growing up, uh, um, who's your favorite player? Like your idol, the guy you want to be growing up. I was a uh, I was a big Sidney Crosby fan growing up. Um, you know, when I was really young, uh, my parents were Buffalo Sabres fans, being an upstate New York family, and um, you know, I just kind of gravitated towards uh, Pittsburgh a bit. And um, you know, I mean, right around you know when I was starting to really get into hockey, and you know, kind of started to take off was you know at kind of the peak of their height when they were winning Stanley Cups, and you know, Crosby was just tearing through the league, and um, you know, I mean, he was just so fun to watch every night, and um, you know, I mean, he you know, did so many great things for the game. And um, so, I mean, that's just kind of, you know, how I gravitated towards them. But, um, I mean, there's just, you know, so many players. You know, I was younger, watching the Sabres, guys like Maximo Fenigenov and, you know, Jason Baumanville and, you know, just so many names that my brother and I would, you know, look up to and, you know, pretend to be when we were, you know, playing mini sticks. So, it's uh, it's funny. Yeah, I mean – that's yeah. It was either for our age group of kids, it was it was either Crosby or Ovechkin, right? Like that's mm-hmm. that was like for me. Like I grew up, I I was always a Bruins fan, but like I I loved watching Ovechkin play. That was always like my guy. So definitely can resonate with that a bit. What a, like do you remember the point where you knew like 
hey, like I have a chance to play Division One. I, I have a chance to play for Team USA? Um, yeah, you know, I think, uh, you know, when I was younger, I just played, you know, house level hockey, uh, right in Elmira, New York. And, um, you know, obviously I love the sport and, you know, wanted to win every time I went on the ice, but, um, uh, you know, I mean, it was never anything, you know, too serious. Uh, you know, I mean, every kid's dream is to play in the NHL, but, um, you know, once I turned, I think 12 or 13, um, I made the jump to uh, AAA hockey uh, and traveled up to Syracuse, um, and played there for the Syracuse nationals for two years. And, um, you know, I started gaining interest from, you know, D1 schools and, um, you know, places all over the country. And, um, you know, it's it's pretty crazy, you know, to be that young and, you know, be getting offers from, you know, some of these amazing, you know, universities that, you know, you've heard stories about growing up. And um, I think that was, you know, kind of where I, you know, realized that it could definitely turn into something. Um, and then after that, ended up at uh, Salisbury Prep School out in Connecticut for a year. And, uh, you know, I'd already been talking to uh, the development program a little bit uh, up until that point. And then uh, that was the year I got my offer and, you know, went from there. So awesome. I'm going to I'm going to toss in a fun question. And this actually came from a fan who reached out and they are, I will say, a super fan of Darla Forbert. And they wanted to know if you had the opportunity in the preseason to meet. Derek Forbert's dog, Darla. I, uh, I did not know. Um, he is a, uh, he's a great guy though. Uh, this was the first time, you know, I had met him this year and, um, you know, great guy, you know, I mean, everybody up there is, you know, amazing, you know, make you feel welcome. And, um, but no, I, uh, I did not have the pleasure of, you know, meeting his pop. So maybe someday. Maybe yeah, someday. When that one came in on Twitter today, I was like, that's a good one. I was like, I wonder like, I would assume there's not too many dogs around the rink, but no, that was, that was funny. Um, so going back, uh, what made you pick Michigan? Um, you know, uh, my family and I, we took a long time, you know, throughout the whole college decision process. I mean, like I said, you got, you know, offers when you're 13, 14 years old. And I mean, at that age, you have, you know, no idea what you want to do with your life or, you know, what you're going to be like by the time you're, a senior in high school. So, um, you know, I mean, we took our time and um, it was, just, you know, at the same point where Red Berenson was on his way out and, uh, you know, we were just kind of waiting to see who was going to get that head coaching job. And then, uh, you know, Mel Pearson, um, you know, he got the job and he uh, he actually came out to my hometown uh, with Brian Wiseman and just, you know, sat down on my deck with, uh, you know, my family and I and had a couple burgers and, um, you know, I mean, throughout the whole process. I mean, you know, you ask schools, you know, what kind of makes them stand out from everybody else. And, you know, I had asked them that question and, um, you know, they brought up the family aspect that, you know, comes along with being a Michigan Wolverine. And, you know, I mean, it's while you're there, it's when you're an alum, um, you know, I mean, the, the support there um, is, you know, second to none. Uh, I mean, whether it's staff, fans, friends, teammates, ex-teammates, um, you know, I mean, it's a really tight knit community and, um, you know, I mean, that really meant a lot to me. Um, and then, I mean, you know, you get to Ann Arbor. It's a you know, gorgeous campus, you know, unbelievable university. I mean, Yost Ice Arena, in my mind, is the best place to play college hockey with, you know, the best fan base. And, um, you know, I mean, growing up as a kid, you know, you saw the, the winged helmet. And um, so, I mean, it was just kind of a dream come true for me. And, um, you know, I mean, I cherished every moment that I was on that campus. Great answer. What is your – so it's like – this can be anything. I mean, 
I'm sure there's probably a bunch, but what's your favorite memory like from being at Michigan? Like, it doesn't even have to be hockey related. Like I know just the campus alone is amazing. The culture, the off-campus life, everything about Michigan is top five college in the country, right? So I'm sure there's a lot of different things that come to mind. Like what would you think is one of your favorite memories from there? Um, you know, I mean, there are so many, um, you know, I mean, even, you know, there's a lot of ups and downs while I was there, you know, with the whole yeah. COVID-19 thing. And, um, I mean, to be honest, I mean, we even had, you know, a great year that year. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, it kind of made things different and, um, you know, you were kind of, you know, just with the guys the whole time, but, um, we had so much fun just being together every night. And, um, but, you know, I think my, uh, my favorite memory is probably just going to the frozen four. Um, especially for me, you know, being able to go to Boston for that, it uh, it was kind of just a surreal moment. And, um, you know, I mean, unfortunately, we fell a little bit short, but, um, you know, I mean, we also won the Big Ten, you know, went to Minnesota and had pretty much a sold out crowd there. And I mean, the place was just, you know, absolutely rocking. And, um, you know, we were able to come out with the win and, you know, bring a title back to uh, Ann Arbor. So, um, you know, the end of last season was, you know, definitely probably the thing that will you know, forever stick out most for me. Yeah, that's, yeah, makes sense for sure. So for representing USA at World Juniors, what was, you know, maybe some of the cooler experiences or other players that you really gelled and bonded with throughout that experience? Yeah, you know, uh, you know, I was fortunate when I went to uh, World Juniors, I was able to be with, you know, a couple of my good buddies, you know, Zegras, Caulfield, Turcotte, Yorkie. Um, you know, I mean, we all played at the uh, development program there for two years together. So, um, I mean, it was great to just be back with them and, you know, spend some more time. And um, then I got to know, you know, some other guys that I didn't really know too well before, like, you know, Oliver Wallstrom and, you know, Matias Samuelson, who were unbelievable guys and uh, great hockey players and, um, you know, I mean, it was, uh, it was a really fun trip. You know, obviously we fell, you know, short of what we wanted to, you know, obtain there, but, um, you know, at the end of the day, it'll still be, you know, an unbelievable experience that, you know, I'll be able to tell, you know, hopefully my grandkids someday. Um, so yeah, like I said, it, uh, was obviously not the uh, outcome we were looking for, but still a great experience. Yeah. I mean, just to be able to put that Jersey on and know that you were one of the top 20 American players in your age group, right? I mean, like that's, got to be something that you can tell your grandkids and they can tell their grandkids about one day. I still yeah. my, like, you know, I, my fiance's grandfather, he tells me all the time just about stories of like his cousin who played in the NHL still and things like that. So like, I think those, those stories with, with that will go on a lot longer. I think than you think really. Yeah. Especially with no, 100%. And, you know, like you said, I mean, just being able to put on, you know, the USA Jersey is, you know, it's an experience unlike any other, you know, I mean, you represent, you know, so much more than yourself at that point. And, um, you know, I mean, just being able to go out for, you know, not only yourself and your teammates, but, you know, for your country, it's uh, something we definitely all took a lot of pride in. So, um, you know, I mean, whenever you're able to do that, it's, it's pretty special. Definitely. So now that uh, you had like the whole uh, off season training camp and everything, What's the culture like in an NHL locker room, especially with the players you have there, like Bergeron, Arshan, like setting the tone? It's unbelievable. You know, I mean, everybody, you know, everybody's always talking about the culture inside the Bruins locker room and, you know, how that makes them so much different from every other, you know, franchise in the NHL. And, um, you know, to be able to experience that firsthand was unlike anything. Um, you know, I mean, from day one, you get there and, uh, I mean, everybody's coming up and talking to you and, 
you know, like I said earlier, you always felt welcome and, um, you know, it was never like you were out of place. And, um, you know, I mean, to be able to share the ice with those guys that, you know, I watched growing up and, you know, that will most likely someday be Hall of Famers was something that, uh, you know, I'll never forget. And, you know, I mean, even down here in Providence, um, you know, I mean, we have a young group, but still, you know, a great veteran leadership core. And, um, I mean, they've all been great. And, uh, you know, I mean, it all stems from up top and, all the way from the players to management to, uh, you know, the people that, you know, work at the garden and, you know, work at Warrior Ice Arena. Um, you know, I mean, everybody there is just so devoted to, uh, you know, succeeding. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's very obvious, you know, once you're a part of it, why they've had so much success. Um, and, uh, you know, it's it's definitely special to, uh, to you know, start to kind of get into that and, um, you know, kind of see myself as a part of it. Yeah, and hopefully you're going to be a part of it for a long time, right? I think we're all we're all very much so rooting for that. We we were from the start, but um, the you look at that, right? And it's just I think that's why guys want to be in Boston. I think it, like it, it's one of the reasons every single person who plays for the Bruins or is around the organization talks about that. I think that has to be one reason that people love playing here, right? It's just that culture. Going into that, like down in Providence, like how does a guy like Chris Wagner help kind of bring that focus to like an AHL locker room, a guy who's just been there, been in the NHL, had success in the NHL and seems like from the outside, an awesome guy to just be around. Like how did, does he bring a lot of that like leadership to the locker room, I guess, in the AHL? Yeah, hundred percent. You know, I mean, uh, Wags is a great guy and um, you know, I mean, just by watching him, you know, every day in practice and in games, I mean, he works so hard. And, uh, I mean, there's so much you can learn from a guy like that. Um, you know, I mean, we have, you know, a bunch of guys on our team that, you know, have kind of been around the block and, um, you know, know the, the way that it all works. And, um, you know, I mean, like I said earlier, we have a, uh, you know, pretty young, you know, group that just came in and, um, you know, for us to have those guys kind of lean on in certain times and, you know, kind of pick their brains a bit is, is huge for us. You know, I mean, once you turn a pro, once you turn pro, I mean, it's, uh, it's no surprise that it's, you know, very different hockey and, um, you know, I mean, it's uh, it's a tough league. So, um, you know, I mean, like I said, just to have them there to kind of bounce ideas off over, just you know, dissect and learn from is is huge for us. So it's uh, it's pretty amazing. Awesome. Now, in the time that you spent with Boston through training camp and preseason, and even you know last year in the AHL and into this year, overall in your pro career thus far, what's been your favorite part, the things that you've enjoyed the most in the experience? Um, you know, I mean, I've enjoyed it all. You know, I mean, it sounds kind of cliche, but, you know, I mean, you enjoy going to the rink every day. Um, that is the, kinda... not to interrupt you, that is the classic hockey player answer. I was waiting yeah. for you to say, go to the um, rink every day. But I mean, no, yeah, right? it's, uh, it's pretty crazy. You know, I mean, we, uh, we go to the rink and, and practice and hang out with, you know, some of our best buddies and, you know, to be able to do that for a living is, you know, it's, it's incredible. And, um, you know, I think the my favorite part so far is, you know, we've just been going through this whole training camp experience. Um, you know, I mean, I think it's, uh, you know, something I'll never forget going through my first one. And, um, you know, like we touched on earlier, you know, being around guys like Bergeron, Marshawn, um, you know, some of these prolific hockey players and, um, you know, just getting to know them. And, um, you know, it's uh, it's been a, uh, you know, special year so far. And, uh, you know, I mean, I'm uh, looking forward to that. Uh, see how it goes. Awesome. And uh, to piggyback on that, who's been like your biggest mentor in the organization so far? 
Um, you know, I mean, there's been so many. Um, you know, I mean, like I said earlier, we have, you know, a really good veteran group down here in, in Providence. And, um, you know, we guys got have guys like Wags and, you know, Kopanen who, um, you know, really kind of play similar styles to myself. And, um, you know, I mean, they've really kind of helped me just kind of study their game and, you know, kind of learn from them, which has been huge. And then, um, you know, I mean, when we're up, I mean, everybody, you know, kind of just helps pick each other up and, you know, gives people tips along the way. Uh, you know, I played with Felino for a little bit there throughout training camp. And, uh, I mean, you know, he was, you know, second to none. He's an amazing guy and, um, you know, kind of just helped me, you know, navigate through the training camp and gave me little tips here and there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, there, there's so many guys that help us, you know, rookies throughout the uh, throughout the course. So uh, we've uh, we've been very fortunate so far. Awesome. We've peppered you with enough just Bruins and hockey questions now. <laughs> what it, What's your favorite thing to do just outside of hockey? Like where the golf, anything like that? Yeah. Um, you know, I'm in the off season. Um, you know, I love to go golf. Um, you know, there's nothing better than, you know, just going on the course with a couple of your buddies and, you know, just getting away for a bit and, um, you know, kind of forgetting about all the stresses you got going on in your life. Um, you know, I mean, I've never really wanted to do anything too crazy. I mean, big movie guy. Um, yeah, I mean, for the most part, just like to, you know, relax and, and hang with friends and family as much as I can. Oh, that's good. What Have you gotten to golf at all in Rhode Island yet? Um, I played I played a couple times, um, just at some small local courses. Uh, nothing too crazy, but, uh, you know, I got here at the end of last year. I didn't even end up bringing my clubs because um, it was just kind of so, you know, sudden and spur of the moment. And then, um you know, when we were here, I actually had to uh, take my clubs back home, had to ship them back with my parents because I had all my stuff out in my car uh, while we were in Boston for training camp because I wasn't sure where I was going to be living yet. And uh, they were taking up, you know, quite a bit of room in my uh, in my trunk. So I uh, <laughs> didn't really get out to uh, too much this year. But, you know, hopefully, you know, once the uh, weather changes again and, you know, the uh, the sun comes back out in a couple months, I'll uh, be able to get out with the guys. Yeah, got it. There's definitely there's good courses in Rhode Island. I know it's a small state, but there's definitely mm-hmm. some. There's Jake a is uh, yeah. He's a golfing connoisseur, so you'll definitely have to get him to take you somewhere <laughs> nice later in. Yeah, the, I could definitely, I could definitely get you guys on some decent courses over here. So we definitely golf as much as I can, two to three days a week, pretty much. But oh, no, I also don't I love play it. professional hockey, so I have a little bit more time. <laughs> <laughs> now, in the theme of the the holidays coming up and, you know, Thanksgiving being next week, a little fun question in here. What's your favorite Thanksgiving food? Oof. Um, uh, I'd probably have to go with uh, stuffing. It's just, you know, one of those things that you don't eat ever unless it's thanksgiving and uh Fair. you know I <laughs> the underrated solid it. answer i didn't i didn't think that was yeah it no, i mean we uh we had a little get together with the guys uh this past week and um because we're gonna be on the road for thanksgiving so uh we just wanted to get together and you know have all the wives and girlfriends there and uh somebody made some stuffing and um you know i mean i never realized you know how little you actually eat it but uh just how delicious it delicious it is so i'll is there, uh, stick with that is there somebody on the team who's a, a pretty good cook that's uh, the popular guy at these events? Uh, we uh, we ended up, you know, just ordering food in um, and then guys brought some side dishes, but uh, it was all delicious. And, you know, we had uh, we had an unreal time. So awesome. that's always good. One of the questions that everyone always loves to know, who's the best dressed guy in Providence? Oh, man. <laughs> uh, 
Jeez, I don't know. Heat for whoever doesn't pick. That's the fear of it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Vinny Vinny Latier is a pretty good dressed guy. He's uh, he's been around for quite a while in in pro hockey, and uh, I'll uh, I'll go with him. He's got uh, he's got pretty good style, both on game days and off days. So awesome. That was, honestly that was that was all the questions really we really had for you. We kind of like fired through. You, you can you ask him. Else? You can ask him your question. I know this one. Oh, all right. Yeah. No. I, yeah. This was. This, I had one for you. So I. I just took my like CP level one coaching class, and I actually it's all virtual now because of COVID. So it was. I was in a New York State class, and it was mostly like mm-hmm. upstate people. How available was ice time for you as a kid? Did you have trouble like getting ice time? Because these guys, they were they were saying like the cost of ice time up there. I mean, seven, eight times what it costs here. And I was like, whoa, like, I couldn't believe it when they were talking about it and like how hard it is for them to get ice. And this, was that a problem when you were going through the system too, or not as much? Um, you know, I'm from a, uh, I'm from a pretty small town. So, uh, you know, throughout the summers, um, it's not the easiest thing ever to get ice, um, which is unfortunate. Um, I can't really, you know, spend too much time at home throughout the summers because yeah. of that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, when I was growing up, I uh, I didn't really play too much in the summer, so uh, never really affected me too much. I mean, I was always playing, you know, other sports and, and doing other things, having fun. But, um, yeah, I mean, I know, especially now, um, it's it's definitely pretty tough, which uh, which stinks, um, you know, because I know how many people just love being out there, you know, yeah, middle well. of the week just to go blow off some steam, whether it's men's league or, you know, just uh, a little skater on. So. Anything, yeah, it is. What other sports did you play as a kid? That's one thing I try to stress uh, to like parents is stop like with the five teams and grinding their eight year olds down. Like there are sometimes it's like guys and like it's they they can be a kid still at eight. They can still be a kid. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I uh, I was big into soccer. I actually played varsity soccer uh, into my eighth grade and then freshman year uh, while I was still home. Um, I really enjoyed that. Played with some of my best buddies and uh, you know had a ton of fun. Um, and then, you know, when I was younger, I played, you know, baseball, lacrosse, you know, pretty much everything. Um, and, uh, you know, had a blast doing it. You know, it was always fun to, you know, put the skates up for a little bit and, you know, just, just get something else going. And, uh, my brother was the same way. So, uh, we always kind of played, you know, similar sports and, uh, you know, I mean, we would always, you know, no matter what season it was, we, we'd always have something to bond over. So it was good. Awesome. Awesome, man. Do you guys have anything else for him? No, I just, uh, I guess I'll say, Johnny, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule. I know you guys have a weekend of some games coming up this weekend, so good luck to you. Hope you guys, you know, keep trudging along there in Providence and staying in the top spot there and stay healthy. Have a good rest of the year. Yeah, yeah no, I uh, really appreciate it. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, Johnny. Good luck. No worries, guys. Thanks for having me.